Axis Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, the UK allows a controversial Chinese company to build its 5G network, and the ERA gets closer to the Constitution. But first, sharing your data. So yesterday, Vice's motherboard sent the tech world a buzz with an investigation into how antivirus software company Avast sells people's internet browsing histories to big clients, including brands possibly that include Pepsi, Google, Home Depot, Intuit, and more. Now, this isn't just about Home Depot possibly knowing, say, you need a new toilet because you searched for toilets on the Home Depot website. No, this is about Home Depot possibly knowing you need a new toilet because you searched for new toilets elsewhere on the internet or maybe wrote about it in a social media post or clicked on someone else's ad. And a vast software could give even more granular information, such as when you searched for things and the order in which you move around the web. And obviously this goes well beyond consumer goods. For example, Motherboard learned that a vast via a subsidiary called JumpShot could track an individual's search activity on a pornography site and then follow them to wherever their next internet activity was. To be clear, this data is anonymized, so JumpShot doesn't know it's me who needs the new toilet or search for the porn. But most things that can be anonymized can be unanonymized. And we're talking about a whole lot of people here. Avast claims more than 435 million active users per month, with JumpShot claiming data on 100 million devices. Obviously, this all feels like a massive violation of privacy, particularly by a company that people use, in large part, to protect themselves from bad actors. But there's also an argument that this is just the reality of living online. And clicker, beware. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Jason Kebler, who edited the motherboard piece. But first, this. Axios chief technology correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech, from the Valley to DC. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata podcast. We're joined now by Jason Kebler, Vice's Motherboard Editorial Director. Let's start with the reporting on this. Why did you guys start looking into Avast and its data collection and sharing in the first place? Right. So a few months ago, Avast was caught harvesting the data of people who had installed its Chrome extension. And uh, there was a researcher who found that they were selling it. And ultimately, Google, Mozilla, and Opera removed that extension from their browsers web stores so once this happened there was a, a bit of a sort of backlash uh, there's a couple of senators who said you know let's look more into this but there weren't a lot of details about who they were selling that data to where they were getting it from and sort of the supply chain of that data so there was a bit of a backlash but then it sort of went away back in october or so this kind of revelation might be you know shocking to an everyday user call them a lay person Within the cybersecurity community, though, do you think what you guys have found is surprising? Or if you're a cybersecurity expert, you just shrug and say, yep, of course. Once we broke this story on Twitter, which I know is probably not the best way to keep your finger on the pulse, but <laughs> there were two responses. One, this is completely horrifying. I cannot believe this. Delete Avast from your browser right now, delete it from your computer. And the other was, yawn, how is this news? I can't believe you didn't know this was happening. This is sort of ad tech 101. And I think the takeaway here is that we know that big companies are buying our data. We know that we're sort of being followed around the internet. But to see the specifics on how it happens, that's something that's usually kept secret. That's something that we don't usually learn a lot about. And I think it is shocking when you learn sort of how this uh, supply chain works. We saw actual user data and we saw people clicking 
around Pornhub and all these porn sites and then ultimately landing on Amazon.com and buying whatever. And I think the takeaway here is that if you are getting something for free, the company that's giving it to you has to make money somehow. And often they're doing it by selling your data. And often that data is very granular. It's very specific and it's very personal. The granularity, and you just talked about, you know, somebody clicks or searches for something in Pornhub and then goes to Amazon. And, and even though anonymized, Avast is tracking that and then selling that. Is that level of granularity, you say that we don't, we being kind of the media or outsiders don't normally get to see that, but is that level of granularity par for the course within ad tech? In other words, is that what lots of companies are doing? This is just one of the few times we've gotten to see behind the veil. I suspect that a lot of companies are doing this. We know that Avast is not the only company that's selling this data. There's a huge market for this data. It's, it's Facebook's business model. It's, it's Google's business model to an extent. And so I think that, yes, there is a lot more of this out there. We don't know the specifics on it. And, and you know, this is a big get for us. We hope to learn more in the coming months and years. But I think, yeah, if you're in the ad tech world, you probably know a lot more about how this works. But if you're a reporter or a tech user, you know, you might suspect that your data is being sold, but you don't necessarily know that, you know, it's being tracked down to the millisecond and that it is being followed on every single site. This company that's ultimately selling it is called JumpShot and they're advertising to clients. They're saying you can buy, quote, every search, every click on every site. I think that's pretty shocking. Obviously, the anonymity piece is important here. Is there a legitimate risk that the data could be de-anonymized? In other words, those anonymous searches that we've done or clicks that we've done, someone could actually tie that or a company could tie that to us as individuals. I think there's two ways to look at it. One, it is absolutely possible and I think it'd be trivially easy to de-anonymize this data, especially if it's combined with other data sets. So, you know, the data is anonymized. Things like unique device IDs and social media profiles and login details are taken out of this data before it's being sent. But if you go and buy something on Amazon and Amazon has the information down to the millisecond about what you bought, it can then cross-reference that with its own data and de-anonymize you. So it would be very easy. I think a different question is whether this is actually happening and whether that would be useful information. And that's something we don't know. I don't know that Amazon has the time or interest in sort of going and figuring out, hey, Jason went and bought a bunch of Kleenex from Amazon at this time at this date, and now we want to track him all over the web. I don't know that that information is necessarily all that useful to the company, but researchers have shown it'd be very easy to do if they wanted to. Are there any protections for users in this? In other words, is the fact that this is being sold, was this somewhere in the bottom of the terms of service that anybody who, who got this, say, in a vast plugin used or no? Are there no real legal protections? This is just part of being on the internet. Yeah, it's a very interesting question because research has shown it's very easy to get people to click a big green box that says, I agree. And a lot of times this how your data is used is buried deep in terms of service that really no one reads. Research has shown that no one reads these terms of service for all these different products that we agree to all the time. That said, Avast has gotten a lot better at telling users that they are specifically going to sell their browsing data, but that only happened after they were caught late last year. So I think that reporting on this issue does give a little bit more transparency and things like GDPR and the recent California privacy law give a little bit more transparency on how our data is being used. 
But ultimately, a lot of these things are buried deep in terms of service that no one reads. Thank you very much to Jason Kebler of Motherboard. And they've actually got their own podcast called Cyber. And on Thursday, they'll be delving deeper into this. My final two right after this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now back to the ProRata podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is the UK, which today announced that it will allow Chinese tech company Huawei to build certain parts of its 5G network something that the U.S. has blocked Huawei from doing stateside over national security concerns. In short, the U.S. believes Huawei is too close to the Chinese government and letting them into our telecom networking grid could enable espionage. It's also something that some British government officials have feared, but they lost out to supporters who include Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Two big questions now. One, will this create a rift between Johnson and President Trump? And two, and this is the bigger one, will it result in less sensitive information being shared between the two? two longtime allies. And finally, Virginia yesterday became the 38th state to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment, whose primary principle is that legal rights should not be determined by gender. That number 38 is important because that is the threshold number for including the amendment in the U.S. Constitution, as the ERA was already ratified by Congress in 1972. Trouble is, that ratification, arguably, the way it was written, gave states just a 10-year window to pass it. In other words, ending in 1982. And President Trump's Justice Department is arguing that means a whole new congressional approval is now required. Expect this one to get settled by the courts. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven. Have a great National Kazoo Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.